Samaritan's Purse is in the process of setting up an emergency field hospital in western Ukraine. The DC-8 cargo plane airlifted the initial phase of the hospital on March 4th, along with disaster assistance response team members, including doctors, nurses, logistics, and other personnel. The field hospital will have two operating rooms with capacity for 14 major surgeries or 30 minor surgeries per day. The emergency room can handle 100 patients per day, and the facility also has a pharmacy and its own water and sanitation system. Ukrainian families are hurting and in desperate need of physical aid and prayer during this difficult time. You can be a part of helping the people of Ukraine. Donate now at SamaritansPurse.org. Coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. Sometimes as Christians, we are so much involved in our political perspectives that we make politics our God. Their definition is critical race theory uh, teaches students that race is the main deterrent of success in America. You know, maybe what we ought to do is uh, at some point do a beauty contest and let the, <laughs> let the fans decide which one is cuter. You know what? Okay, that's going to be good. Who's cuter, Bill or Odell? Yeah. We can kind of go with that. And they'll probably say neither. <laughs> <laughs> There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black the, people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? One. Not one. Come on, Bill, one. you got to have one a nope. token black person. A token and there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids, and I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we come to you this morning in the precious name of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for allowing us to be used by you in everything that we do. Holy Spirit, please continue to give us insight. And we thank you for opportunities and doors that you're opening where we can stand amongst your people and others and talk about some of the tough conversations, much like Jesus did when he could go amongst the people, go outside the four walls of the churches and talk to the people, share with them, and receive the feedback, and continue to answer, and continue to conduct ourselves as a child of God. Heavenly Father, just uh, we lift up the show as we discuss hot topics, topics that uh, may be top of mind, that... Uh, may be hard to discuss. Uh, and as we learn about these, 
Give us wisdom and discernment to seek out your knowledge, what your will would be in all this. How would you treat critical race theory? Lord, uh, thank you for my brother, and thank you for this day. Amen. Man, Bill, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Doing great. You know, it's interesting that um, we lost a good friend of ours, Don Brady, and, you know, many people know Don, but not the way you know Don. Can you take a quick time and share with folks about our good friend, about your good friend, my acquaintance, your good friend? Yeah, Don is... uh, was like a second father to me, quite frankly. Um, when uh, I met him through Boy Scouts, uh, I didn't know who he was. Uh, we were doing an event uh, at the Greensboro Country Club, and he was there with some other folks. And um, I was asked to speak about scouting, which I did. As I got to know him a little bit, I said, let's go out to lunch. And uh, I find uh, breaking bread with people is a good way to get to know him. That's how I met you. And uh, so we went to lunch, and... Uh, we got ready for lunch and I picked up the check mm. and he goes, are you sure? And I had no idea, you know, what Mr. Brady was worth or anything. I just knew it was Don Brady and, uh, and I invited him. So the, the thing is when you invite somebody, you pay the check <laughs> okay. and, uh, you, know, right. you borrow somebody's car, you fill it up with gas, right? There you go. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, he goes, Holy cow. I just need a minute here. And I said, why? He says, this is the first time anybody from scouting has picked up a check when I go out to eat with him. Wow. And I said, you're kidding. I said, well, I said, well, then we're going to have to have a second lunch and you're going to have to buy. And he said, (laughs) okay. And I said, we're going someplace nicer. (laughs) And he said, that'll be fine. Tell us about his heart and how a man put his, because the Bible talks about one's treasure and you can tell the heart of a man by his treasure. Yeah. He, he had a great heart for the community and for his family. Uh, he was proud of his family. I think he had five Eagle Scouts and his uh, kids wow. and grandkids. Uh, he supported so many causes in in town. Uh, he was a member of the Rotary, uh, helped get the carousel going. Uh, and he basically, after he turned the company over to his son, he basically spent his time helping other people. In fact, I was with him the day before he died and the day he died. Wow. And... Uh, and we used to go to lunch quite a bit. And I was afraid during COVID to go visit him, obviously, because, you know, of COVID. And he got cancer uh, earlier in this year, and it took his life. And uh, he's just a great man. He's going to be a great loss. Uh, his heart was something really tender. It was toughened by business, but softened by love. Mm. And and it's a great combination. And uh, he could be really tough when it came to business. But when it came to love and un- and helping other people, he was a pussycat. He was just a, a really sweet guy. You know, it's interesting. When saints go home to be with the Lord, in some cultures we celebrate, we mourn, we do all the things necessary. But during the culture, a time of COVID, it's been very challenging because we don't have, in some cases, we don't have the... Uh, repass after the funeral. A lot of cases, we had situations where only limited number of people could show up at the funeral. We had outside services and we had to move fast. So it wasn't a lot of hugging and kissing and all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of emotions. And you know, also it's a lot of emotions you mentioned earlier about critical race theory. And I want to talk a little bit about that because that seems to be a very hot topic right now. 
But Bill, before we get into that, you know, we had opportunities where we go out and speak to Rotary clubs and we do other things. So if, if someone wanted to get in touch with us or about coming to speak with their group or calendar event or just contact us how would they go about contacting us well we've put up a website and uh it's a great way to reach us and we have our bios on there and some information about us and we'll be adding more information but all of our podcasts are put on there as soon as they're done uh and the way to do that is go to www.thecommonground all one word dot show not dot com not dot org dot show and uh you'll see us there and there'll be a, a beautiful picture of odell <laughs> <laughs> i prefer to use the word cute oh, cute. The cute good looking black guy okay. you see a picture of odell there so bill they can reach us by going to www.thecommonground.show you know, maybe what we ought to do is uh, at some point do a beauty contest and let the, <laughs> let the fans decide which one is cuter. You know what? Okay, that's going to be good. Who's cuter, Bill or Odell? Yeah. We can kind of go with that. And they'll probably say neither. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, want to just look at it as I uh, tee this up. You know, I've spent a lot of time in Washington, D.C. being, you know, guests for some of the national think tanks. You know, I've been a guest at the Urban Institute, which is a national think tank. I've been a guest at the American Enterprise Institute and a bunch of other regional and stuff, you know, think tanks, meaning where a lot of these thoughts and theories come from. Um, I remember sitting at a table with Tony Perkins. Tony Perkins, as you know, is the CEO and president of the Family Research Council. And we were having lunch at one of his events and sitting at the same table with him and talking to him and his wife. And, you know, these things mean a lot. I've been blessed to sit at the table, giving feedback with then Speaker Paul Ryan. Um, you know, I met Kevin McCarthy. I've never sat down and talked with him, but I've been in the same rooms and part of conversations, but I don't want to exaggerate uh, the fact that, yeah, we're, we're golfing buddies. No, that's not the case. Well, critical race theory, I, w I want to set the platform this way. Many of us may remember a childhood game we call red light, green light. And we all understood the rules. And the whole thing with the game was the person who was up in front, they had their back to the rest of us, and they would say red light, green light. And we called them, they were the it, meaning that, they were the traffic signal. They were it. And they would say red light, green light. So we played that game and we had all kind of fun and people would turn around and we would like freeze in motion. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. But now when we start talking about critical race theory and race, it's not a childhood game anymore. So it's, it's similar to going in an intersection. You see a traffic light or a traffic signal according to what part of the country you're from. And you see a red light, of course. And we know the red light means stop. And you see a green light, and the green light means go. But you see something that's an additive, something that's added to it. Now you see a yellow light, and the yellow light is usually wait. So we understand those kind of rules and regulations. From a child, we understand red light, green light, and the rules on it. And we laugh, and we had fun, and we sweat it out in the summertime. And then when we learn to drive, and we, you know, we understood the traffic signals. We understood Red, we understood yellow, we understood green. 
However, with critical race theory, though, it goes to like when we went to Paris, France. You know, we went out there and we traveled and had a great time uh, spending like 10 days in France. I think um, four or five of those days was in Paris. And we got on the Viking International cruise and went up and down the Rhine River. But it was one place in Paris that got my attention. The Arc de Triumph. It's a roundabout. So we understand intersections. We could kind of navigate that. But a roundabout is different. And this roundabout has about 10 or 12 entries and exits on it. And it doesn't have any signs and signals. It doesn't have any lanes, Bill. So, you know how we say stay in your lanes? It's no lanes there. And you have all this traffic coming and all the people coming and everybody entering and exiting and horns are blowing and everything going on. And that's kind of how I see critical race theory. Who's right? Who's wrong? Uh, who's going to get over in the right lane? Who's in the left lane? What happened to some jerk slam on brakes? You know, what happens? So, Bill, that's my thought. And I want to talk a little more about that. But when we go from a childhood game, red light, green light, to an intersection that we all have some kind of understanding on how this works to now this roundabout that so many cars trying to engage with each other without having crucial accidents around race, around theory, because we all have to live together, we all have to work together, and we all just want to get home safely. What's your thoughts, my friend? You know, when this came up, this the critical race theory has been around since the 80s. I didn't know that. The way I found that out, I Googled it. <laughs> and okay. uh, I started reading up on it because I, I, I wanted to understand it because uh, I'm a Republican and they sent out some information on that. And uh, and they, they, they're basically saying keep critical race theory out of our schools. And so I'm thinking, okay, what does all that mean? I mean, what's what is... What's so harmful about critical race theory that I need to understand? And I'd, I'd never heard of it until recently. So their definition is critical race theory uh, teaches students that race is the main deterrent of success in America. It promotes the idea that people should be categorized and judged based on a group identity instead of their individual character, behavior, and merit. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. That's the definition they're given. And then they further say critical race theory seeks, and it goes into all these, a lot of negatives, uh, deny Americans progress uh, and undermine our fond, fond, uh, foundational ideal that all men are created equal. And they go through all these steps. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, I need to get into this and understand it. So where I'm at now is I'm in the learning stage, okay? I think what happens is many times when these things come out, you get the two extremes, Okay, you get one extreme, this might be one, and then you're going to get another extreme. It's the, it's the Savior, this is the only thing we need to teach people. They don't need no reading and writing, they need to know this. <laughs> okay, so, but, you know, on the surface, in, in, in uh, I've been, you know, kind of digging in a little bit, but it seems to me that critical race theory just talks about things that have happened in the past related to uh, uh, the races, our races, okay? Uh, for example, redlining. I didn't know what redlining was until a year ago. 
And uh, for those folks who don't know, it's years ago, they used to uh, draw red lines around areas in the city where they would not give loans because they considered them high risk. Uh, I didn't know when the, after World War II, when the GIs came back, that the African-Americans, blacks couldn't get the GI Bill. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. So there's a lot of things I don't know. And uh, so I, I have taken the stance that before I jump in and get behind something, why don't I spend some time digging in and learning it? Or seeking out people that could explain it to me. Now, some people explain it to me. I, I'm sure if I go to some of my friends that are Republicans, they're going to they're gonna say this, what I just read. And if I go to some friends that are Democrats, they're going to have a different viewpoint. So I've got to tell me that you have Democrats and Republican friends. Yes, I do. And you have white friends and black friends. I do. And we have young friends and old friends. I do. Who are you, my friend? Who are you, Bill Govo? I'm an old 71 year old man (laughs) (laughs) that's finally figured out I'm not too smart. I better ask a lot of questions before I go spouting my my beliefs, Uh, you know. The uh, uh, this isn't like understanding Christianity or religion. My religious beliefs. Yes, sir. These are man-made things mm. that are brought into our lives. And okay, so how does this fit into our religious beliefs? Mm. Okay, would Jesus teach critical race theory? I don't know. He might ignore it. Mm. You know, it's interesting that. And, and you're not taking a stance one way or the other. I'm not taking a stance one way or the other. What we're saying is we are in a learning mode. And one of the things that I say that uh, politics is not my religion, you know, so sometimes we have to be very careful there. But, but it reminds me of something because I'm, I'm, I'm 61 years old. Who, who uh, whippersnapper. Yeah, whipper. <laughs> I don't know about whipper or snapper, you know, but, but you're just, just learning. And I remember, I'm old enough to remember school segregation, you know, and then when we would go to school and school busing, and I remember uh, at one time we used to pray in school. You know, we would say the prayers, and then we would say pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to this republic for which I stand, one nation under God, indivisible for liberty and justice for all. I remember that. I remember when they started teaching sex education. It was a big deal about sex education in the school. I dare you, you know, and then it's, this one was, was different for me when they said saying, okay, we have to teach everybody in their own language. And I remember people saying, no, they come to America. They need to learn English. And I, I see. I remember all that, but maybe that's a Charleston, South Carolina thing. So I, I, I remember that. And one of the things about I've learned is something I call a truth coin. The truth coin, just like a coin is a dime, a quarter, a nickel. And sometimes the truth coin for me is this. It's usually three sides to the truth. It's heads, and I'll just use this because it's, it's simple. Heads, her side. Tail, his side. And the part of that coin bill, the edges that rolls, because the truth in some cases, is a continuum. It rolls. It's more to it. It didn't start here. It's a before, a during, and an after. And one of the things in South Carolina, because South Carolina is real good at this, and I, I came from South Carolina, trust me, is when you start talking about school and what's going to be taught in the schools, South Carolina go to starting a Christian school, you go to virtual school, 
people have home schools, people have charter schools, people have private schools. So the whole paradigm shift that public schools is just public schools, no, no, that's not the case. So people will find a place for their children to be taught what they believe those children should be taught. And the whole idea of after COVID, and we have learned that we can teach our child or our children virtually. So, Bill, your thoughts on that? Because, again, you know, it's a lot here, and we're not trying to make light of it, and we're not trying to tell anyone what they should or shouldn't believe. We're not trying to fix anyone, anything like that. But I love your thing of, Odell, I just don't know yet. So let me do the hard work of researching it versus listening to this station or that station because what I found out, I could find anyone who tells me what I want them to hear because someone could tell me, oh, Dale, you slim and trim and good looking. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's who I want to hear from. (laughs) That's your buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, critical race theory, um, I I suspect when I dig in there, I'm going to find some good things about it and some not so good things. And I think it's important that when you – when you find that, you articulate that so you can get both sides and then you can make a valued judgment. But just to say, hey, these people issued, I'm a Democrat and this is my position, I'm a Republican, that, that's kind of scary that you just get in line like that, that you don't have your own opinion. You know, we were driving over and Star, who works for me, uh, said something that you and I both kind of went, Wow. She was teaching uh, a class. Star at, works for you yeah. or works with you well, or I, you work for Star? I, I know th- you're the president and all this kind of stuff. I, Star runs the company. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, there get, you to, go. I get to show up there every now and then. But she, between her and my wife, they, they kind of control it. Uh, <laughs> and, and I've recognized that almost as quickly as critical race theory. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she said something, and it helped me if I get it wrong, Odell, um, but she was teaching a Sunday school class about the armor. Armor of God. Armor of God. And she pointed out that the armor of God is set up for the front. There's nothing in the back. Mm. And because we don't need our back covered. But in society today, we're shooting ourselves in the back. We're eating, you know, eating our own. And uh, so what we're doing is we're infighting in America. And... You mentioned the other day, we don't need to worry about Russia. We don't need to worry about China. We need to worry about our infighting to destroy within. And with the armor of God being in front, we're, we're now getting shot in the back by friendly fire. That That's, you know, I had some uncles and others who went to Vietnam, and they said that a lot of times, I forgot the word they would use. It was like got shagged or something like that on how you would get in an argument with someone, then you go out into a a uh, uh, fight and somehow that person wouldn't come back. And in a lot of cases, it was, was it the enemy that shot them? It was someone on their own wow. side. And wow. what I was saying the other day is that in some cases, I believe as a Christian, as a leader, that as leaders, we have a lot of responsibility. People make, we make decisions that affect so many people and we have to be conscious of that. And we have to be careful and prayerful because God's going to hold us accountable for the decisions that we make as leaders, especially those of us who are pastors and we're leading his people in his house, not in our house, in his house. God's going to hold us accountable for that. But I was saying that 
the arm of God, and what Star said so eloquently, the arm of God is in the front. And sometimes as Christians, we are so much involved in our political perspectives that we make politics our God. Now, not all, but some. So if we're dividing the churches where this incident can cause the church to split, or we say we're coming together as blacks and whites and everything else, and then we have a racial incident like a George Floyd or in some cases a O.J. Simpson or what, what have you, and we split over it because we can't come to any other thing than we run to our corners and we split the church and we argue. And it's like, how as Christians, we do that and we tell everyone else and we tell the world and we say we're lifting God up and you need to come to church, you need to come to God. And they're watching our behaviors and saying, but Odell, you and Bill fighting each other and why should I want to come when you all are doing just as much harm as they're doing in the world. And when we shoot ourselves in the back, that's when I stated that as a country, we have to come together. We don't have to compromise. We have to come together. We have to work and talk and do the heavy work of talking to each other, listening to each other. Not that we agree on everything, but we can find the fact that we don't disagree on everything either. So when we sit there and Russia don't have to worry about us right now, China may not have to worry about us right now because if we're fighting ourselves, if we're doing infighting, then our enemy can just sit, look, and wait. And in the world of the digital or social media, some of the things, the seeds are being planted that's coming up is causing so much division and divisiveness. What happens if it's the enemy who's sowing the seed? The Bible talks about the fact that the wheat in the shaft on how the wheel, it was a, a wheat field and the enemy came and he threw certain seeds in the field. And it got to the point where since they were so intertwined, you couldn't pull up the wheat. So you had to wait. And that's when it was separated. Mm -hmm. So is our enemy sowing seeds and just sitting there and waiting and watching. Don't know. But as children of God, if we can rely on the Holy Spirit and ask God, God, continue to show me in that that we can't agree on, let's in a civil Christian manner agree to disagree and keep praising you. And as we walk together, hand in hand, toward the foot of the cross, then we'll see the goodness of God. So the critical race theory, I'm not downplaying it one bit. I'm not downplaying because I don't know enough. But what I think I know, and I don't even know what I don't know, but what I think I know is that it's being used as a political football by both sides. By both sides. Now, I agree that what's taught in school is so important. I agree on that. I agree because I've been taught some things. And also, though, I agree that was taught on grandma's porch because that's a classroom also. I was taught a lot of things that wasn't true. I was taught a lot of things growing up about white people that wasn't true, Bill. It was someone's opinion. 
And I believed it because the person who was teaching it, I trusted and I loved them. And maybe they believe it. But I come to find out that a lot, what I thought I knew about white people, about black people, about other people wasn't true. Your thought as we wrap up. You know, as you were sharing that, it, it, America is, is a great country. It's the greatest Amen. country, greatest Amen. country. And when we come together, like in World War II and other big events, going to the moon, you know, we do it. We get it done. There's controversy, don't get me wrong, but we've got to find a cause bigger than ourselves. And what's happened is um, our politicians, quite frankly, have picked decisive topics and they both pick polar ends. Mm -hmm. And it allows them a platform to discuss and try and win people over. And uh, we have to get smarter. We have to educate ourselves and call them out and say, hey, Critical race theory is not a big deal, or it is a big deal. Well, it, it is. A, it, it's not for us to say it is or it isn't. You're absolutely correct. But, Bill, if people want to hear more about you, if they want to see your pretty face, I mean, you're nice and tan. Now, look at you. Look, you're about as dark as I am, <coughs> man. Look at you. You went to the beach, and you came back black. Look at you, Bill. Yeah. Look at you, Bill. Yeah. But, if, Bill, if they want to learn about you or hear more about our show, how do they get in contact with us, or how can they learn more, sir? They can go to uh, our website, www dot the common ground dot show and if they want you to come out and see your pretty face and come talk to the event whether it's a rotary club or whatever club it is how do, how do they just put there's an email in there just send us an email and uh, we'll respond and uh, set up some time to come and talk to your group you might even bring a star with us <laughs> there you go <laughs> again www.thecommonground.show Listen, thank you so much for listening to us and we love you. God loves you more and you have a blessed day. Amen. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, Executive Producer. Jeremy Powell, Creative Director. Jacob Sutherland, Director. All rights reserved. This podcast is proudly sponsored by. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years.